Hi, listener. This is Sven, just doing a cold open before the cold open. I had this recorded what seems like months ago, but it it was a considerable amount of time. And partially because I didn't know how to deal with some of the subject matter that was in here. And I'm just going to take this opportunity right now to call myself out and as a white cis hetero male that I am a recipient of privilege. I do get the opportunity to bury my head and for some people that is not an option and I guess I just hope that maybe we can take the opportunity to reflect upon our own privilege and the way that we receive privilege and how it benefits us. It's very important that we think about how we're benefited by privilege. I benefit from privilege, and in some ways it makes it so that I can never resonate or understand exactly the extent that my own privilege grants me. And I hope that, you know, after your own soul-searching, that maybe you reflect upon the privilege that you receive. And I, I'm trying to speak from the heart, and I also made sure that I didn't edit myself in the way that I respond or ask questions, because you know what? I stumble. I trip up. I worry about saying the wrong things, and I think that it's important that at the very least we're conscious of how we benefit from privilege. Here is my interview with Melvin Knight. Like before this, I was in Meadowbrook Park just walking around, just looking at trees, and like looking at animals as they pass by, and looking at the sky, and just existing. I think I like that the most. It's simple, you know? Because they're, I think the most complex beauties and the simplest things because they exist and they're true and they remain true. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Uh, Here with me today is Melvin Knight and... We're going to be listening to the song Promised Land off the album Shades of Us. You may know Melvin Knight from uh, Church Booty, which is now called Fay Ray. Um, You may know him from uh, the Blackbird House Band, uh, backup for Fiona Kimball. And when he's playing as a full full set, it's Melvin Knight and the Amber Sky. Um, Melvin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, So, I guess without further ado, we'll just listen to the song Promised Land off the album Shades of Us. Negro, look away. Don't look master in his face. Love is Jesus, pray for grace. You'll find freedom in your chains. Tell these black boys, stop resisting. Respect my flag, I'm insisting. My disposition strike your nerve 
That's a great song. Um, I get a lot of really amazing imagery and, um, you know, I don't really, I, to be honest, I don't really know where to start with this because sometimes I, um, yeah, um, let's see. Um, would you, would you like to tell me a little bit about how that song came about? and um yeah sure so um back I, I wrote it back when i was in my senior year of music school for my senior recital which is like your last showcase where you prove to your teachers and the public that you actually learned something in four years of music school or everybody comes and regrets spending their money and time on you <laughs> and um i had originally slotted some other stevie wonder song to fill the slot and i hadn't I'd halfway got, gotten around arranging it and ha didn't really have it ready. And um, basically a, a week before my recital, I was at my friend's recital and we were celebrating at uh, Blackbird, um, a local bar in Urbana. And that was the night of the election. Oh, and oh my it, gosh. How, how old? Oh, I guess you... <laughs> how old was I? When uh, yeah, I was just going to say... Yeah, um, I don't think I was 22, maybe 23. Oh, okay. So not... Yeah, I I guess you know the words your words are so powerful that um and it, the music behind it is so informed and so 
just amazing that um, I wouldn't have expected this. I mean, I have seen Church Booty, so I, I knew that uh, the musicality of everybody was just so amazing, but I, I, for some reason, just your music makes me feel that you're older that you oh. you're more i don't just i mean this is this is the kind of thing that i would have expected from somebody who has been doing this for ever oh, wow. <laughs> and uh you know i i i'm just it it just amazes me uh, well also i i admire people with tons and tons of talent so <laughs> well thank you very much i appreciate it but uh I, you know uh honestly the thing was it came at a profound moment for me because that night watching the election watching what was going on and what america embraced it was like a huge growing up moment but all at once you know where you see the world for what it is like the thin veneer of civility is totally cast aside and you see the wild west that it really is you know right and um so the, the that election night was just a rush of emotion it was just you were confused by what this man had openly embraced and seeing the other Americans embrace you're like, Oh, so you must feel this way too. And you start to wonder for not only for myself as a black man, but my other friends um, as minorities who are from out of the country, you know, immigrants on so my, my uh, acquaintances and friends in my life who were women, people who had all basically openly been disavowed. I felt by this allegiance and this decision that America had made and it, it just led deeper and deeper. It's hard to explain, but over the course of those few days, I started to look even closer into the things that I had believed, what I had thought America stood for, what I thought my community stood for, what I thought my family had stood for, my extended family. And I found lie after lie after lie or, or half-truth and hypocrisy. And when you dig down to the, to the core of the truth of the issues there, there are these long-lasting issues that have never really been resolved over time, regardless of leader, regardless of era, you know. And so I wanted to write something that instead of, I, I wanted to confront the ugliness. I wanted to stand right in front of it in some way and say this is here and then speak hopefully to what I hope could exist in the future. Um, and that's not to say like that I'm an optimist that we're headed that way now, but you know, just to to, to, to show, hey, this is where we are, really? And uh -huh. then, like, this is what we should all hope to see, you yeah. know, on one other end of the spectrum. You know, and, and in some ways, I'm, I'm having a problem with it, and not because I don't believe your words, and I don't... <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree with your words, but I also know that that... that this is a call to action for me as well. You know, I, I, as, as a white person, I know that, um, that in some ways the, the, not only was there a veil lifted of people that you didn't really think it's like they, they somehow, because of our new president, they felt all of a sudden they had permission to behave in a certain way, or you finally hear what they've felt all along. Um, and, and it made me even more aware of my own privilege and, and things that I had taken for granted. And, um, and, and in some ways when I was reading and listening to these words, um, I, I knew that, um, you know, I've only been doing this show for, for like three months. And so... I knew that I had to, there was a lot of processing and a lot of, for me, um, putting words out there that I, I don't, I don't know why I'm, I'm confused about it in some ways too, because I, you know, it's, it's not, in some ways it's not fair for me to be confused about it. It should be very clear for me what my, beliefs and behaviors should be and um not that those weren't there it's just that um i became aware of as i said that that privilege that um that it you know 
I, you know, I just don't, I don't know how to express it in a way that. It's okay. I was was letting um, you get out because honestly, the thing I feel is it's okay to be confused. It's okay to not always understand how you approach, you know, confronting privilege, confronting your disposition, you know, how you feel about these very real things. To me, the biggest thing as a community, as a country, we have to do is continue to confront those feelings, to have those questions, to acknowledge that they exist. For too long, you know, when we had the illusion of everything being right with the world, because I want to be absolutely clear, while I absolutely disavow Trump and his administration, I think the real truth of what it did is it's kind of just revealed the lunacy, the how ludicrous so much of, you know, the status quo was, Right. you know, like really, you know, he he takes off all of the pretends of you know nice guy politics and then takes all the you know the bureaucracy and the nice way we've dressed up you know uh, barbarianism and strips that off and shows it at it's just what it is yeah and and that's been our history Mm. so i feel like to me i'm not i'm not asking for me personally i don't i'm not looking at people to be perfect out of the gate or to even agree with everything but if, if as long as we are confronting and honest with ourselves and questioning ourselves constantly, mm-hmm. that to me, I think, is already a better world. Because I'd say at least a quarter of the BS that goes down wouldn't go down because people stop and think, now, wait a minute now. Now, let me look at myself objectively, not giving myself the benefit of the doubt all the time. Is this necessarily what I should be doing in relation to how it affects the people around me? You know, and I think... You live like that, though. This world, you can add a lot of miles to it. You know, we can go a lot. Yeah. So, um, one of the the things that I noticed in in the lyrics that you sent me, um, I had a question about the the words that you sing before the first two verse, uh, the the first two verses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is there a meaning behind that? Is oh, that you the mean link- the, the the Congolese? Yeah. So that's not yeah. me. That's a singer named uh, John Jean Rene Belecta. He's mm. from the Congo. And uh, Ndombe, I'm not enunciating it quite correctly, but that is the word for uh, brown people or black people, as he was saying. And I've, I've forgotten a lot of what he told me, but I think the loose translation is something of, about, you know, about freedom, you know, the yeah. black people and freedom. And I thought it, it fit along with what I was talking about with, you know, uh, traditionally, um, uh, traditionally, you know, uh, what's the word? I'm sorry, my words escape me. Uh, oppressed groups, you know, and trying to break free and create a place where all of us have space to exist. Gotcha. Wow. Well, it, it blends very well with the, the song and almost sets forth the, the tone for for the music and and the words that you have after that um i have to say i i love the um the line well there's tons of lines that i love but the one that stands out to me is utopia the land of the free in spite of the slave and you know that speaks so much to the you know just the overall colonization and 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 subjugation of of other people that is within the history of the united states Mm -hmm. and uh it's just uh i was really nervous at first whether i was going to put that in the song or not and at at first it didn't have that in there even though that was the first version of it that i wrote down on a page at first it was going to be um just something else that didn't mean anything because I had been actually our classic me arguing with somebody on Facebook uh-huh. and um, they claimed that it was extremely disrespectful. But in the end I decided that um, I would rather face any criticism that came or get in trouble if that was to come and uh, then uh, be untruthful to myself and not put what was on my heart on that page. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think the thing that's important to me about that line is that it's not just speaking about 
slavery of right. black people in the past. Like it still goes on now, like with the recent prison strikes, you know, prisoners are, yeah. that's modern slave labor. Um, the reason the United States is able, that we are able to persist as a consumer of the nation as we are now, is because we directly benefit off the struggling of other people and the suffering of other people oceans away, you know, sometimes just, you know, a, a few miles south of border. And um, we can, as citizens, address that if we move together. But that's the only way it would happen is if we move together. And, you know, part of me feels kind of bad because sometimes I'm like, oh, well, no, nah, I'm not going to get on any soapbox or anything. I'm just going to be, you know, you know, fun person to listen to or fun artist or whatever. But I, I can't avoid it, you know, because I felt like it was I wanted to do something that mattered my whole career. Everything I want to do with music, I want to do a project that I felt like at least in my heart mattered, you know? Yeah. So. Wow. I, it, it, it takes all these, these wonderful tones that, that, so did you, did you start off with words first or did you, um, have, have something on, on, on the keys or were you. For this one and for this album in general is unique because usually I'm someone who sound it evokes emotion, evokes place and time. Like I can hear a, a chord or I can hear a tone on a keyboard or a guitar. And to me, like that encapsulates a moment, how I felt. But for this one, it was the words. Um, hmm. I, I just sat in my basement alone and just, it's just the, the, the words, you know, I was just, the, the words like tell, like look away, um, uh, it wasn't exactly Negro, but you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. like to me, that just stuck out in my head, and I just branched out from there. And it just came out more like a poem. I'm just like, all right, I don't care what it sounds like. I'm just gonna put notes behind this. Yeah, because it was just for a live performance at first. I didn't know how it was gonna go, and I decided I wanted minimal instrumentation because it wasn't the it that it wasn't the sonorities that mattered as much as the words in that moment. But then I actually found that with a traditional um, you know, trying to take from that, from that roots feeling of uh, music of music from Africa, from that you might have heard when we were being brought over with the call and response initiative. Because mm. when I sing, do it live, I know I sing back to the audience. I have to sing back to me that that you had and from the slave ships and from you know the African American community when we were brought over. Um, to me, that was very powerful musically as well to yeah. marry with the words. And um, then obviously when you get to the next, the hopeful section, you know, you, you bring in more harmony and, you know, more emotion. It's less static, but yeah. 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 It, that is everything about this has so much uh, about has so much about oppression and and other modern day slaves as you said even even women in general or um listen brother please understand if you you must hide your feelings if you can they will chase you across the land should they see you kiss that man um all of this is so can be so so dark but i also think about the fact that this is your voice trying to express your resonance with other people that are facing this as well and that the um that that's that at the end where you have the hopeful part you know um, love that's equal for all people deeper than the sea. It's like you're finally, I, f I feel like you're kind of wrapping your arms around everyone and kind of trying to bring them all close and try to find that, that center where people, um, are, are, are whole and, and at peace. Um, there's so much, in 
in just the kind of in the soul in the in like the gospel in in um even like uh, a spiritual sense of your tone and have you always been have you always been into that style of music or like a uh, gospel music yeah i mean like how did that um did is that something that like is that your preferred way to play or is that just well i mean your i guess i'm just wondering what your your right. roots are in terms of well, how so you my, got into that um since i was young my dad was used to sub a musician in chicago for a church up there lilydale baptist church so i came and uh, my mother her father was a pastor in florida and i came up around black gospel church music and i heard it all the time so kind of by osmosis it just kind of was a part of me um i also you know i i i love a lot of uh classic um soul artists and that sound is also derived directly from the church yeah so sometimes even sometimes i re i don't realize i'm doing it but when i try to go to the place when anyone tries to go to a place that has the deepest meaning to them personally, they're going to revert to things that are at their core of what they are and what they came up on. So that's probably why it came up out of me yeah. in that instance. Is there any other lines that kind of stand out to you in terms of that you, that, that you say to yourself, that is the line that it, it, you, you get brought back to it each time that that that's the part that that really digs deep into your soul that that brings out the thing to me is actually kind of just like two phrase i guess it's, you could call it two phrases but they're pretty long like the ad lib thing that i go into when i do when i do the transition mm -hmm. when i speak about in a world where peace is more than a myth of the afterlife and all that i actually when i was trying to record the song it was just time that needed to be filled and I didn't know what I was going to say there originally because in the live performance version that wasn't in it yet. Oh, so was this originally ad that, that I guess not br it, the bridge, maybe you would call it. I don't know. Kind it's, of, I guess but, it, it kind of functions that way. But, um, yeah, I really, I was there at the studio. I'm like, I have to fill this with something. So I told James, James, just wait a second. And thankfully he did. He waited a lot of seconds <laughs> over the course of recording the album. But I, um, I just took out my book and I scribbled down some stuff. I'm like, okay, this could work here. This could go here. And it was good because for me, typically I'm someone who the words are really tough for me to come up with. So I usually take forever on those, but it forced me to get right to what I meant. And I didn't have time to screen myself. Wow. And, um, I really liked it in that moment, which I'm thankful for. Cause I didn't spend a lot of time reviewing it, but, um, it kind of just touched quickly on the things that, that were important to me. Like hmm. we, as far as global conflict and and wars, a lot of that stuff is not only avoidable, it's unnecessary, and it's people being manipulated, you know, by third parties. Um, uh, and also the idea that our value is directly related to our ability to be, quote-unquote, productive, you know, in conventional terms, like mm. as far as monetary means, or um, basically as far as what you can what um what monetary value you can add to a community to an employer that's not how people's value works everyone has a right to exist to have a place to sleep and that that's regardless of whether or not you get up and you're like the head of amazon or you're the head of an imaginary company in your mind and you sell dragons you know hmm. like that we have enough and that's the way it should be but you know okay that's that's i guess how i feel about that so wow Oh, I feel you're such a font of words for somebody who said that they don't, they have trouble coming up with words. You, you, I, everything you, you have said is just amazing to me. And just, I, I, um, I just, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to dig into this. I mean, there's just so much. Um, I'd say that my hope with people, with my music or anything in general, but is maybe, and 
like there's I I love in-depth analysis and analysis because honestly I envy people who are mechanical thinkers like that and are able to get into mm-hmm. everything and what it means but I just like to like just lay back and let things hit you in waves you know yeah I'm just overall the overall vibe might take you somewhere different than if you had tried to understand everything piece by piece at once you know yeah well and I appreciate you telling me about uh, the in a land where peace is more than than a myth of the afterlife um, that that was something that you you wrote in a moment where you didn't get a chance to filter yourself where you um, yeah you didn't have a chance to rethink how honest you would be about how you feel and I mean it, it comes out very very amazing I I yeah yeah in a world where compassion knows no bounds by land or sea just love it it's great um and so you um you recorded this uh so oh sorry so uh where did you record this so the band all that stuff was recorded in chicago um by alexander harris the second the father of the guitarist in my band uh Hmm. elijah harris um in his in his studio and then all the vocals recorded at james's house in his basement gotcha nice and uh yeah i mean it's it's a great sounding album um so if anybody has the opportunity please check it out it's on Bandcamp. um any i mean it's on spotify but if you want to support and buy the album it you just released it on Bandcamp too i think yeah actually it's funny see that's how terrible i am with you know the technology i had thought i'd released it the same day as everything else <laughs> and i realized it was still <laughs> private so yesterday i was like i better change this so now uh-huh. it's public and the thing about Bandcamp is kind of cool is i put the lyrics on there for everything so if you want to see my attempt at trying to write good words you can you can read what i wrote yeah that was that was not actually that's where i i think i was able to snag them or did i ask you for them i can't remember um i, I think you might have snagged them because i don't remember sending them but if i did yeah. that's cool i don't remember yeah doing that. um but uh yeah so definitely check that out i'll put the link on the liner notes of the podcast um i don't know is there anything else you want to say about this song or um i think i've finally gotten out of my system Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. What do you love about the Champaign-Urbana music scene? Oh, I mean, well, I think the thing I love about it is the history I have with it. Just getting it, getting in there, basically starting to get involved um, when I started my college career. So I felt like even though I'm a townie, I felt late, but it was really cool to seeing how many 
creative people are in that area, which is really concentrated. So it's just like not it's not that big of a town. Right. And even with the music school, like there were a lot of local people when I was coming up, like Emily mm-hmm. uh, came from there. Um, Fiona up yeah. there too. Um, and then there are like so many groups and just people all creating at the same time. That's a special mm. area to be in. And it's it's it was a special uh, community to be a part of. Um, so and uh, also it being near a university you know, where people are always pushing themselves like they're doing things that they normally creatively um, they would feel a little bit out of their wheelhouse. And it's really cool to be around people who are all learning and are interested in learning at the same time. Wow. It, it, it creates a really cool environment and it, it grows you as, as a person, too, and as a artist. I feel. Wow. So when did you start with uh, Church Booty? Was that... Church Booty. Yeah, which is now Fay Ray. Yeah. So Church Booty originally started... Mark Hart's such a saxophone player who's out in LA now. He started the group because he got offered to do a house show. What? Yeah, it was just... (laughs) We we played house shows. That was how that band started. So at the time, I was just like, you know, this dorky freshman who was just starting at the jazz school and he asked me to sing. I was like, all right, that's cool. I'm going to sing a house party. It's going to be like all the like, you know, teenage coming of age movies I've ever seen. Uh-huh. It's going to be pretty cool. And it was not quite that at all. But it was still <laughs> really fun. And um, I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. And we were all were like, yeah, this is kind of fun. So we kept doing it for a while. Yeah. It, were you all in college at the time or yes we were okay yep. we were all either okay. freshmen or sophomores i think tim miles who was there i think he was the only one older i think he was like a senior or something or junior wow wow and now uh the remainder of church booty Fay ray is up in chicago right now is that right, right? yeah yep. all the guys are up there and merle merle's up there too awesome yeah um and so you how did you get to work with um how did you get how do, how do i say this right how did you begin work that's it how did you begin working with uh fiona kimball oh fiona um well it's because the 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 world of music of people you work with and especially in town is so small so i remember like when i first saw like one of her early shows at a um on campus or at some house somebody's living room and i was sitting next to mario she sings for Faye right now. Um, she was also in church booty with me at, the, at that time. Cool. And I was like, who is this lady? She's she's pretty good. And she's like, oh, it's Fiona. I was like, wow, okay. Well, maybe I'll hear her again sometime. And, you know, over time, we kept bumping into each other. She's like, oh, would you mind singing back up for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And just awesome. show up and just sing a third below you or whatever. And started doing that for a while. It's been fun. Cool. Cool. And you're also currently... Uh, the part of the house band at Blackbird. Yeah, that's a that's a cool gig. Um, that's really new for me. It's really a, a nice new challenge to sing covers. I haven't done that in a long time, and then to do it every week, uh-huh. and it helps me work on engaging an audience outside of my own setting. And I feel like it'll just help make me more dynamic, hopefully, and uh, more of a leader on stage, and you know, more interesting for people to watch. You know, if if you had any complaints about the Champagne Urbana music scene, what would you, what would be your, what what do you dislike about the Champagne Urbana music scene? Mm. Well, you know, I think it's hard for me when when I think about putting things in terms of like you know. The term complain because it makes it sound like you know you're pessimistic about your past place i i'm nothing but thankful uh for all the opportunities and everything i've had there um a critique i would say i've had i don't know it's, it seems to me like the thing that was really cool about it, to me my favorite part about it was when i felt like it was really embracing and helping foster uh local groups and acts and mm. talent you know giving them giving them a place to work out their kinks and to grow something there because with it being close to the school and a lot of people trying to form bands and with it, you know, with it being the area that is a lot of talented people come out of it for whatever reason. Yeah. I felt like, um, I, I feel like in the past it has been a, maybe a, perhaps a bit more 
uh, hospitable to um, people and and groups people people trying to form groups and you know people trying to go out and play who are local say hey give us a shot opening for so and so you bring somebody in like yeah Mm -hmm. but and part of that is due to the times like I totally get it you know people want to come see DJs you know that's what that's what'll pack a house Um, and I I get that like I get that's a business model and I don't fault people for that but still you know I, I feel like you know push the local people help 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 uh get, link up with that community because i think that that can foster something that's that's uh really special and unique because really across the country you know talking about live music acts it's a struggle to keep alive my dad for a sabbatical was out in um was out in the california area and he was talking about now he's more in the classical vein but uh-huh. he was talking about you know venues and uh um uh, organizations and ensembles having to close or revamp or reevaluate mm-hmm. how they are able to present themselves. And it's because, you know, a lot of times, like having access to different types of technology and stuff, people are oftentimes to say, well, you know, maybe I'll sit and listen to my favorite band on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, going going and seeing something being there is a unique experience. And I think that, um, if you have a culture of that in your town, in your city, it gives you something unique that a lot of other places don't necessarily have right now. Right. And trust me, it's only a matter of time before the powers that be in the corporate areas recognize that that's something that's not being taken care of and they find a way to incentivize it and monetize it so that people are like, oh, well, I have to be here and you're paying hand over fist, you know, when we could get ahead of the game there, you know, really boost the, the towns you know visibility economy all that stuff but you know i'm not i'm not you know trying to tell people what to do i'm just well it's certainly hard when the official venues seem to be drying up around here yes yeah that's another thing too yeah yeah <laughs> sorry to bring bring it down but yeah there's there's so many places that um used to be like the mainstay and i think of places like mike and molly's you know that that was always you know i remember when you could actually just go downtown and just hop from bar to bar yeah and or, or from venue to venue it didn't even have to be a bar but you could just hop around and see a bunch of different different uh, musical acts and um i don't feel like it's 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 kind of reserved for, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but you don't get a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday kind of thing, unless you wanted to do a DIY kind of setup. Right. Yeah. So, you studied music, but what, what particular area, performance, composition? Oh, it's just uh, a jazz focus? performance major. Okay. Because um, they didn't necessarily have explicitly a jazz vocal program at the time. Ah, uh, um, okay. And really, it helped me with my overall musicianship, you know, and gave me the ability to communicate with other players uh-huh. um, and then write out my music so that they could play it. Because um, I always heard everything. I just didn't know how to communicate it. So I was huh. just super thankful for that because it gave me the chance to do what I do now. And it's yeah. pretty cool. And so, sh- dare I ask what, what instruments besides voice that you play? So I've recently been working on teaching myself guitar and I've been playing with that some i've started performing with that some i know a ranger's piano which means i write with it and i play some i played mm. publicly a few times but it's not like i'm fred hammond or herbie hancock that's not going to happen <laughs> and um i started with trumpet i played trumpet for six years i don't play anymore i is this too much it's too much maintenance man every every day you got to be playing that thing because you take two days off and it's like you're a stranger to it oh like in terms of strength or just like muscle memory kind of thing or what? Well, in terms of like it, because it's a, you, you use your, your embouchure, you know, your lips, yeah. you, they, they have to be conditioned in order to really have good, um, finesse and range and power and, uh, mm. you know, playability on that instrument. And when you take time off, make like, okay, you take a day off and like the other musicians around you are going to notice, take two, days to three days to a week off and the people are going to notice wow you know it's just like but all brass players all the brass players i know all the good ones every day they're grinding every day they play because wow. you have to that's what it takes and frankly i just don't have i don't have time like that you know right right wow i didn't i 
I never played a brass instrument, I think. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It's, it's an adventure. People, it's, it's nice, but a lot of people like it. Wow. Huh. So, I play a little bit of bass guitar. I mean, but it's not that much. Like, I just know how it works, so I play it some. So do you... So, oh, I guess we can kind of circle back to the arrangement for The Promised Land. Do you... As you said, you, you play at the level of, like, a, arrangement piano. Yeah. So... Um, did you just say, here are the chords and go ahead and, and embellish on your own or improvise on your own to create these songs? Or did you say, you know, this is where this, you know, in terms of the arrangement for the, the piece, did you have it written out or did you? Oh, so um, like the, the unison line at the top. Yeah, I, I wrote that out. But then, typically, the guys I work with are also from the jazz school. So I don't uh, micromanage per se, but like, like the the little the the guitar lick at the end of Promised Land, that was something that I put in. Mm. Um, but like, if you hear somebody adding in, you know, a spur of the moment chord substitution, or they add in something that sounds like an improvised lick, it's because it is an improvised lick. Mm. I'll write the progressions. I'll write the bass lines and the thematic elements. And then from there on, I let the players play. Yeah. That's generally the form I use. Yeah. Well, I mean, it when it sounds so well put together, I mean, and, and do you spend a lot of time with everyone rehearsing or, or I, I'm just curious about that, oh, yeah, that part no. of the process that yeah. did, before, before you recorded or did you use the process of recording to actually develop the, the sound? Well, here's the thing is like studio time is like money. You know? Yeah. I'm not, I don't have a company behind me or anything. So like, I want stuff to like everybody to show up, you play and you leave and right. I'll spend forever in post trying to make it whatever it's going to be. Gotcha. Um, so we basically, we played a, almost a year's worth of shows on those songs. I made a few edits and the week before um, I said, okay, let's do a run through what this is actually going to look like with those few edits that I threw into what they've been playing for a year already. And then we show up and we play um for two days in the studio and then they're done and then i add my vocals in and i take forever on those changing my mind all the time mm. and then i spend a long time you know annoying james <laughs> changing things all the time the work we did in post on this record was ridiculous huh it was a lot but james is a patient Jim, person yeah and james uh is a demigod of patience <laughs> he's good person oh, yeah. good person yeah Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. What's your favorite non-musical thing? Mm, my favorite non-musical thing. Hmm. There are definitely things I'm interested in, but I don't love them. So I'll just I'll say my, my favorite uh, non-musical thing, I think, is just to... Like, before this, I was in Meadowbrook Park just walking around, mm. just looking at trees... And like looking at animals as they pass by and looking at the sky and just existing. I think I like that the most. Hmm. It's the simple, you know? Yeah. Because they're, I think the most complex beauties and the simplest things because they exist and they're true and they remain true. You know, hmm. there's a lot yeah. of, there's not much you can break down to that level that remains consistent, you know? Well, we're just, just atoms, you know, true. Just floating around. <laughs> 
Well, like any great host, I managed to not thank Melvin Knight before he left. And um, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, I missed it. So I just wanted to take this opportunity right now to thank Melvin Knight for coming out to the country and um, telling me about their song, Promised Land, and um, giving me a lot to think about. So thank you so much, Melvin Knight. I appreciate your interview, and I appreciate you and your music and the music that you put together. Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Melvin Knight reminding you great music is out there, so go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. <laughs> Hi. Do you like inane babble? Do you like wasting lots of time? Well, Damien Duffy After Dark podcast might just be right up your alley. Brought to you by Blue Box Studio. <laughs> you did 54312. That's confusing. Wait, yeah, there we go. Okay, okay. so you want me okay. to bunt. Got it. Because <laughs> it's hand gestures uh, that no one can see. Yes. Anyway, okay, let's get ready. We're going to do the commercial. I'm going to do it right now. You ready? Here we go. Do you hate yourself? Do you wish you felt like you weren't a piece of shit? Listen to Damien Duffy After Dark and learn that there are people dumber than you. Damien Duffy After Dark. After Dark. After Dark. Like an adrenaline shot for your self-esteem.